0: We're about to go on tour. (laughs) Isn't that so wild? I have like a pit in my stomach because I'm so (laughs) excited, but I'm also nervous.
1: (laughs) I'm scared, but mostly excited. It's super exciting. We're recording a bunch of episodes ahead of time just so that we can, well... I was going to say enjoy ourselves on tour, but also like maybe get some sleep.
0: If that, honestly,
1: we're, we
0: play a venue, we go to bed, five hours later, we wake up and we make it to the next venue.
1: Yeah. And we're going to record encounters while together because we're hilarious when we're together. And we want (laughs) to make time to go visit haunted spots, like along this journey, because there are some places where we're going to drive. This is our haunted, it's our haunted road trip. Yeah.
0: You and I are making this the haunted road trip, but grounding it in the, our trip to the conjuring
1: in the horror, the horror. Uh, we are going to do vlogs for people. If you all want to join us on Patreon, we're going to post a little like on the road videos. I keep seeing like little things fly through my frame and I don't know if it's dust, if it's moths or if it's ghosts. I hope it's not moths. (laughs) That would be bad. You just moved into that place. Well, there are some moths because there are no window, there are no shade, or sorry, there are no um, screens on the windows. Mm, yeah, so bugs do get in here. I have had to kill quite a few spiders. <sighs> I gotta
0: send you this poem that I was reading. There were like three poems I was reading about spiders the other day. <laughs> are you trying to make me feel guilty? I'm pro spider. Something happened to me, and now I I don't mind spiders. I had a spider crawl across across my stomach when I was in Vermont for the Fourth of July. And I only panicked a small amount. I did not kill it. I did not swat it. I just went, ah, ah, and started to escort it off of my body. It was just a, it was just a curious little guy who found a warm, soft for him, it was probably like feet and feet of trampoline my <laughs> stomach flesh. So he was like, "Wow. What a perfect cushion for me to rest on this beautiful, warm day. And so I can't blame him. It is a pretty cozy spot right there, but I didn't want him to be there. So I was like, let's
1: move along. Back to the concrete you go. See, I don't, it's not that I don't like spiders. I have a deep rooted fear, like my fight or flight kicks in. I understand what you're saying, because that was me my entire
0: life up until what, eight months ago when I killed that one spider and for some reason I cried my eyes out and couldn't
1: get over it? Maybe because you killed your spirit guide. Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Okay, actually, speaking of our live tour, our shows, when we were in Portland, Maine, a listener of ours, and I'm so sorry, I don't have your name off the top of my head, gave us these wish bracelets. Do you remember? Wish bracelets in Portland? Wish, W-I-S-H. They look like this. Oh, yes. Yes is yes. So it said on the package, you tie it on as tight as possible and you make a wish when it falls off, that wish will come true 10 minutes ago. And this thing has been so tight on my wrist. Like I've truly worn it since our Portland main show. I have not taken it off. I have not moved it. I'm in the bathroom and I stand up from the toilet and I look down and I see this like long black string on the ground. I'm like, Oh my God, what is that? Like t- I was terrified. And then I realize it was my bracelet. The wish bracelet came off. The wish bracelet fell off. And so I'm waiting for my wish to come true. Are you
0: able to share your wish or should we wait until it comes comes true? No, I am not. Or or even if it does come true, you'll never tell <laughs> anyone. You'll just get to, to recognize that it all came true. Okay, I'm excited for you. Now I need to put mine on because I, I wasn't wearing that one. But after, I think it was our new, no, 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 it was our Portland show. Another person gave us, one bracelet, which I actually recently took off to give to you to share it. Cause it was going to be like a sisterhood of the traveling bracelet sort of situation, but it was a prayer bracelet from their religion. And I wore it the whole time we were at the conjuring house. Cause I was so scared. <laughs> and so I wore it to protect me. And I was like, I'm not giving it to Sabrina until I'm <laughs> protected from the conjuring house. And so now that, now that we've survived that Although we are about to go on tour for two months and talk about it. So I don't know what we'll be. We'll switch back and forth every show. Every show. Yeah. So long as it's like near me within the vicinity. I'll just hold your hand. We'll be, we'll be protected. But now I need to go. I need to, I know exactly where my wish bracelet is because I remember putting it in this drawer over here.
1: So now I want to make a wish. Put it on. So actually this episode comes out, I think when it comes out, it's August 20th is according to if my calculations are correct. But we are recording it on July 10th, which is it's like as we are recording, we are sitting right now. We are getting texts from our team as we're putting together the announcement of the live tour. So it's very exciting. We might be a little giddy here and we might um, (laughs) (laughs) look at our phones a bit because there's a lot happening. Yeah, there is. And it
0: is, like you were saying, so we're recording all of our regular episodes, like our Sunday researched episodes ahead of time so that, to be quite honest, we wouldn't have time to do it on the tour, but we will be recording all of our encounters and doing our campfire stories still on the road. Um, And then one other thing we're going to do, and we'll, we'll make it live a day before we leave for tour, so September 6th, but Sabrina and I were like... So many people have asked us about Cameo and we never made an account before and we were like, well, we're not together, but we're like, oh, we're about to be together for two full months. So we have a Cameo account that will be live on September 6th and we'll keep it up um, while we're together and then we'll, then we'll pause it. And then when we're together again, we'll open it and we'll just make it
1: that sort of thing. Yes. We're excited. There's so many things happening. I'm just It feels surreal, Corinne. We're going to 32 cities. Like that... I don't think I'm going to even
0: recognize that we did that until it's already done. It's one of those things where I feel like you just go through the motions and you're like, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe I'm here. And then after the fact, you're like, holy shit. I can't believe we did that.
1: We just did that. We just did that. I know you're allergic to Leia, but should I bring her on the road with us? No, but <laughs> easy. No, but I,
0: absolutely not. But there is a volunteer if you need some cat sitting help. My friend Allison, who lives in Marblehead, was like, well, what's happening to Leia when when you guys are on tour? And I was like, well, I think Leia will probably be, you know, she'll be around. She'll be babysat. She'll pop around a bit. And she was like, well, if Leia wants to be a seacoast cat for a little bit. She's very open to taking Leia. And in fact, Leia would get a lot of outdoor time because they put the cats on leashes and take each cat out for a solo trip for 20 minutes a day, twice a day, so that they can sniff the bushes. So- Wow. She could live out her marblehead life. It's an
1: option. So Leia could be spoiled. I I will say that Leia, if you put a leash on her, just plops on the ground. <laughs> Does she get along with other cats? No. I mean, do you not remember the recording we did last week? Well, that was a cat that was that was outside, that wasn't near her house. It was a yowling. Well, but, but she goes to your mom's house and your mom has a bunch of cats. Oh, and they do not spend time together. My microphone is slowly sinking. Oh. Just hold it. Have a little
0: prop. Oh, that's so much work. Show us your hands. <laughs> I know. Remember? Okay, so the first two years that we recorded, we always held our microphones Until we finally hired someone to do our editing. And they were like, can you just send me a video of your setup? And so I literally sent them a video. And it was me laying on the couch with like the microphone propped on my chest and me holding it. And I was like, this is how we record. And he said, absolutely
1: not. That is not going to work Buy stands right now. No, I'm pretty sure he bought us stands and sent them to us immediately. I am recording from bed today. I took a page from our old book. I'm kind of still the same because I was like, I want to be comfy. I also am living for my dreamy setup that I have. I have these lace curtains. I am like, this is my Victorian cottage era life. And I just wanted to show it off. And the video will shake a bit because Leah now has entered bed.
0: We have the thunderous Leia coming through. Hi. Do you want to come sit in my lap? I feel like she's way more chatty than usual. I feel like she's very happy in this new place. There's like a lot to say, a lot to explore, a lot to do. She gets a lot of time with her mom. She wants to go outside. That's
1: that is for sure. She loves to go outside.
0: Wait, baby. Well, we'll have a lot of outside time when we're on tour. So please check out our tour link. The link is in our show notes. The link is also on our website, twogirlsoneghost.com. And if you find us on any social media, we have a link tree, which also has the link. So we hope to see you there. So we're just speaking about going outdoors,
1: but this episode might make you not want to. Okay. It also might make you not want to be inside either. Okay. So (laughs) the classic
0: conundrum of ghost stories and the paranormal, you're never safe. You're awake, haunted. You're asleep, haunted. You're in a tub, haunted. Haunted. You're in jail, haunted. Nowhere safe, hospital rooms, camp rooms, camp rooms,
1: campsites. I like camp rooms. Camp camp rooms. It feels (laughs) troublesome to be in a camp room. (laughs) Yes. So Corinne, I had texted you. I was like, oh my gosh, I really just want to read a bunch of Reddit stories. But then I started reading some Reddit stories and I was like, oh my gosh, I have an idea. Okay. When we were kids, and I think we've talked about this before, but we've had fears of like things that, you know, I think and this I guess is a question. Are there things from childhood that you really thought were going to be a lifelong problem and then ended up being like not a problem at all? 100%. An example,
0: quicksand. quicksand. Yes. The classic one. Anacondas. Thought that I was really going to have to battle a lot of anacondas that I would be at risk of being eaten. um uh what are they called those like giant lizard thing. Komodo dragons. <laughs> Huge fear. I was like, I will never live in a house without stilts. The Komodo dragons are coming for me. Tapeworms. Well, tapeworms. They're a little more real.
1: Yeah. But it's not as common for like, I feel like when we learned about them, I thought like it's so easy to get a tapeworm or like it was common. But my I also wrote anything that was in a series of unfortunate events.
0: Oh, 100%. <laughs> that was a haunting book. I still really want to Every time anyone ha- wears a ribbon in their hair, I just think about what's her name, Violet or whatever.
1: Yeah, Violet Bogard.
0: Vi- yeah, Violet Bogard. I also had a huge fear of a shark in a swimming pool and getting sucked down the bathtub drain. I was very afraid of that. I was like I'm I'm risking my life every single time there's going to be a moment where all of this I am sucked down the bathroom drain and then I pop out into the <laughs> into the pool where a shark eats me. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You've made it 30 years without these happening. Here we are. We survived. Another fear that I had was getting struck by lightning.
0: Oh, I mean, again, I feel like the chances of getting s- struck by lightning is probably small, but that's because we're we're taught the things to keep yourself safe. Like I still fear lightning. I'm pretty sure they they say you have a larger chance of getting struck by lightning or a larger chance of... I forget what the stats are. I will tell you the stats. Okay. (laughs) Well, I was going to say there's one that's always used in comparison to make people feel like less stressed out. And it's like the chances of... Like you have a greater chance of a refrigerator falling on you than you do of getting attacked by a shark. I did have a refrigerator fall on me. You did? Yeah. In college, our refrigerator in Colegio that huge one, the huge Viking refrigerator fell, but I have thighs of thunder and a heart of steel. And so I held myself like Hercules as this thing was above me. And I was crouched down and I yelled for my roommates and they did come within the first like 90 seconds and help me push it back into place. But I was, I was squatting 500 for, for a minute there. You got strong legs and and you survived. You survived. So that's... I'm a statistic. And so I feel like the chances of getting struck by
1: lightning are kind of high for me. So I understand that fear. I, I do think it is kind of high. And so as some context, so basically this whole episode, I'm going to talk about being struck by lightning and the side effects or perhaps the paranormal side effects that may come with it. So I have a couple of stories. I'm going to first start with the statistics. I'm going to share some stories. And then I'm going to read what is the most haunting story that set this whole episode on course. Ooh, I'm ready. This is an episode all about lightning. And I got some stats from the CDC. So about 40 million lightning strikes hit the ground in the U.S. every year. Forty million—that's a lot. Mm-hmm. The odds of getting struck by lightning in a given year, so in just one year, so the stats basically reset every year, is less than one in a million. Which actually, that seems kind of high. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not that it doesn't feel that rare. So okay, so let's
0: think about it. I don't know how many people. Let me let me Google how many. What's the population of Boston? Okay, it's just it's just over like six hundred thousand. So basically. Me and four other people could get struck by, am I doing the math right? No. No? Okay. Anyway, I probably will get hit by light. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am curious where you were going to go with that, though. How, how? What was your math? I was okay, wait, I thought you said one in... A million. Oh, uh, <laughs> it's Okay.
0: I think it's because my brain was all, here's here's the mistake I made. Thank you for letting my brain us know. <laughs> was like, how many people live in L.A.? That's that was my first thought. And I was like, probably like 10 million. I think it's like seven. Oh, OK. So in my head, I was like, oh, so when there's a lightning storm the, every year, theoretically, 10 people could be hit by lightning. It would be seven, seven people if there's seven million. But I was thinking 10 million. I didn't know oh, the actual whoa, whoa. stat. Yes, yes, yes. And so then my head was still on 10 million, even though I moved over to Boston. Gotcha. So I was having 10 million instead of using the actual numbers in front of me. That was where I was at. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like me and four others, meaning five, meaning half of... 10 million. It doesn't matter <laughs> why I got the math wrong.
1: I did get it wrong though. <laughs> I feel like we need to create this like map around your head of where where Me you started, where you went, how we got here.
0: <laughs> I read 654,000, but my brain comprehended 10 million. Okay. Committed to memory a different number.
1: So you know what? We don't need to continue to dwell on it. We we understand math is not your strong
0: suit. All we know is one in a million is high. That's what we know. We do
1: know that. So the, the positive of this is that 90% of all lightning strike victims do survive. Really? And there are some, if you are interested, there are some wild images on the internet of people who have like scars from being struck by lightning. And they are- aside from it being such a traumatic experience that these people go through, those scars are like some of the most stunning things I've ever seen.
0: Yeah. I wonder what qualifies getting struck by lightning. Do you actually have to be struck by the lightning bolt or do you just have to be within the vicinity where you get injured from the electrical current?
1: So I don't know, because there are certain people who say that they've been struck by lightning and they were like in a parking lot and it struck like nearby them and they experienced the jolting, the voltage. Yeah. I mean, that happened to my dad. My dad is like a cat. He's
0: practically died seven times. So
1: when did this happen to him? Um, I think he was
0: like 20 or something. It was outside of it was in Maine or New Hampshire. And he was in his garage and it struck right outside of the garage and he felt it and like collapsed and was just laying on the ground for a little bit. Did he go to the hospital? Probably not. If I I could put money on it, that he didn't. I mean, my dad had a heart attack last year and didn't go to the hospital. Jeez.
1: Bill, Bill, take care of yourself. I know. Okay, so I'm just going to read a couple more stats and then I'll get into stories. story. So from 2006 to 2021, there were 444 lightning strike deaths in the United States. This is so weird. Males are four times more likely than females to be struck by lightning. And I have no idea why. Oh, I know.
0: Why? It's because women listen and do not go out in the open in a field or do different things that you're not supposed to do in a storm, whereas men are much more likely to put themselves, to not listen to the the danger of... I want to agree
1: with you, but I don't know that that's the case because about one-third of every lightning injury occurs indoors, inside. So they're just standing by the window or something,
0: touching metal, using their toasters, showering. Okay. (laughs) Not
1: necessarily doing any of those things, Corinne. Then how? Those are all the things I was told not to do. You know, sometimes during a storm, you don't necessarily know that thunder and lightning is happening or about to happen. And you're doing something in your home and you get struck. So I think we, I very much believed that if I was inside, I would be safe. But now I'm learning that one third of lightning injuries occur inside that then challenges my entire reality.
0: Right. Well, because you do like now most homes have some sort of antenna thing that is the metal rod that like comes up and gets hit and kind of like dissipates the energy throughout your house so that it doesn't light a fire or do anything dangerous, like electrocute you. But I'm, I am curious out of how many homes that this has happened, how many of them were equipped, so to speak, to be hit by lightning or were they all missing this thing? Basically, like, are we
1: safe now? These are all questions that I don't have the answer to, so we will have to continue to ponder. Okay. The average age of a person struck by lightning is 37 years old, so it must just be who's out and about. Florida, Texas, Colorado, North Carolina, Alabama, Arizona, Georgia, Missouri, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania have the most lightning deaths and injuries. Florida is considered the lightning capital of the country with more than 2,000 lightning injuries over the past 50 years. So my question was if 90% of lightning strike victims survive, that must mean there are a lot of stories. And I was wondering, you know, think about the voltage that I think I looked it up. It's 300 million volts of electricity in a strike of lightning. That is so much energy and if we're thinking that a spiritual connection is energy related, like I, I was just like, there has to be a connection between these two things. If you are struck by that much energy, there are so many side effects. I'm pretty sure like they say they're, you know, your body changes Basically like it
0: triggers a spiritual awakening or something. Like when people get organ transplants, like if they get a new eye or a new heart or a skin graft or whatever, and suddenly they have new memories that belong to the other person whose body it came from.
1: Kind of like that but more of like a shift in your perhaps frequency or connection to the world. So like the some of the side effects after a lightning strike, they say, shifts in mood, changes in personality, memory loss, sensory loss, and there is a lot of brain change. Because like, yeah, everything in your body just completely shifts. So I was curious if there are stories of people who have survived lightning strikes and find that perhaps that they have become paranormally inclined. I found a couple stories. Okay. And not necessarily all of them are answering that question specifically. I feel
0: like this is our version of a superhero, right? Like you get struck by lightning and then suddenly
1: you get to experience all of the paranormal. Yeah, superhero. And I'm not, (laughs) I should disclaimer, please do not try to get struck by lightning to go experience spirits because that's just not what we're doing here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this first little, it's a small little tidbit on Reddit. There was like a whole forum of have you been struck by lightning and what happened to you? So this user T-E-C-H-T-T-Z wrote that back in 1991, they were struck by lightning as they were waiting for their parents to take them to t-ball practice. And they lost majority of their memories from childhood, which is so sad. That is really sad. But before they were struck by lightning, they were right-handed and now is ambidextrous. Oh, how weird. Yeah. The rewiring of your brain. I mean, kind of cool that, like, now they became, there was a capability unlocked almost. Yeah, both hands. <laughs> yeah. So then, so that's like a small little shift. I wish I had the contact information for these people so I could be like, okay, but what about the paranormal? Okay, please. Thank you. The second story I have is actually about the man who was struck by lightning and is the Guinness world record holder for the person who has been struck and survived by the most lightning strikes. Roy Sullivan was struck by lightning seven times in his life. What was he doing? Well, I'll tell you. He was a park ranger in the Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. So he very much was like outside, outdoors, doing a lot of stuff, even in storms, had to be working. So he has seven recorded strikes by lightning, but there are probably more, possibly more. There is one from his childhood, um, which I'll tell you in a second. But between 1942 and 1977, Roy was struck seven times. He was born and raised in Virginia and spent a lot of his young age, like his youth, on the farm with his family. And there was one time when he was a kid where he was out in the field cutting wheat with his father. And so he was using a scythe and all of a sudden a storm occurred and lightning struck his scythe and the voltage ran through him. So not him directly, but something, you know, metal object that he was holding, but he was mostly unharmed and because of it, it was never documented and isn't counted towards how many times he was struck by lightning. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. But Roy Sullivan, and unfortunately he has since passed away, so we cannot speak to him or ask him questions. But not by lightning strike? No, he very sadly died by suicide. Oh. But he was certain that dark forces were trying to kill him based on, and using lightning specifically, because of how many times he was struck. He was, he was, became terrified of storms, terrified of lightning, and continued to get struck. Well, this
0: is the sad thing about having a fear of lightning is that you can't really escape it ever because it's not like having a fear of the ocean. And then you just get to move to, I don't know, Tennessee, like you're a little more landlocked. Lightning comes, storms happen all over earth. They happen on other planets And lightning can even strike on a sunny, clear day because lightning can travel from so far away that there are these really, it's very rare, but there are odd cases where people do get struck by lightning when there's no storm in the sky that they could see from where they were.
1: Yeah. And poor Roy, I mean, it very much feels final destination like, you know, and he, he really believed that there was some dark perhaps paranormal force or like supernatural force at play here. And I don't blame him. I mean, if one in a million, you have a one in a million chance of being struck and this man is struck eight times. Yeah. Well, to your point, when you
0: said in the beginning of this episode that you're curious if it changes your body and your vibration and sort of who you are, it does seem like, I don't know what the stat is, if there's a likelihood of if you get struck by lightning once, you're more likely to get struck again. But it does seem... To be that there's some sort of electrical current that is changed
1: permanently. Yeah, maybe. But I did look and I didn't write this down, but I'm pretty sure that is a f- that's false. Like being once you, if you're struck once, you're more likely to get struck. T- I think that's like a maybe statistically because you've already you're a part of the statistic, like your statistics or your chances are now different. But I don't think it's because your body has changed. You're now more likely to.
0: Wait, I'm so confused by this. A statistic because on sports.yahoo.com, it says your chances of getting struck by lightning are one in 15,300, which is so low. I think that's a different stat. And then it said, but the odds of getting struck by lightning twice in your
1: lifetime are one in 9 million. I think that that first stat is definitely wrong. I don't know, but I I'm trying to think there was something of like maybe your chances of dying by a lightning strike is the
0: who knows it's on an article that's like what are your chances of creating the perfect march madness bracket so <laughs> i
1: don't know yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say the cdc or the government websites that i looked at are probably more accurate yeah you're right um okay so roy sullivan i'm gonna go through the seven times he was struck by lightning his first documented lightning strike was in april of 1942 He was said to have been hiding from a thunderstorm in a fire lookout tower. So already, number one, his very first recorded documented lightning strike, he's hiding because he's scared. Up in a tower, higher in the sky. He's in a fire lookout tower. But it was newly built. And unfortunately, the lightning rod had not been installed yet. And he did not know that. Oh, shoot. So while he's hiding in there, and also keep in mind, like, it's just like, Safety tower, supposed to be. So it's supposed to like offer some guidance and he's hiding, he's trying to keep safe. But he said that all of a sudden the tower was struck and that a fire started like jumping all over the place. And so he ran out of the building. And as he ran out of the building, he got struck a few feet away by lightning. It burnt a half inch strip all along his right leg, hit his toe and left a hole in his shoe. Oh my God. Wow. Then July 1969, he was in his truck driving on a mountain road, which, and keep in mind this truck, like he works in the national park. He's a ranger. This truck actually is built to protect people from lightning strikes.
0: Well, and too, I've always like, I always heard that if you're somewhere, it's much safer to get into a car than it would be to just be out in like a parking lot or just outside in general because of the car's rubber tires, that it will help lessen.
1: I guess like the blow of electricity. And that's why this is so crazy, Corinne. Like this is like this man, there is something coming after him. Like the lightning is looking for him because he's in this Faraday cage. Like it is rubber, rubber tires. It is protecting him from lightning. It is built to protect from lightning. And lightning hits a tree nearby, then deflects into the open window of the truck. And knocks Roy Sullivan unconscious, burns off his eyebrows and his eyelashes, sets his hair on fire. He's unconscious. The car just like keeps rolling and luckily stopped right before the edge of a cliff.
0: I don't know what the hell is battling over him, but he's both the unluckiest and luckiest person at the same time. It's crazy. I I feel like you could have stopped there and I'd be like, yeah, something's after him. That is... To to have that be the second time that he struck, or the third, I guess technically third, the second recorded, yeah, third time he's recorded, and in such a bizarre way that the lightning has to basically jump through hoops to get to him. Yes, something. Some I'm I'm full on on the paranormal train. Something did that
1: right in July of 1970. He was struck while in his front yard. So this maybe answers your questions your question earlier of like, does it Count if it hits something else and then hits you because this one, the lightning hit a nearby power transformer and jumped to him and it hit his left shoulder and seared his left shoulder. So this man is scarred by lightning. In the spring of 1972, he was working inside a ranger station in in Shenandoah National Park when again he was struck. It set his hair on fire and he tried to smother the flames with his jacket. And it didn't work. So he ran. The fact that he was conscious. (laughs) I know. So and his hair's on fire. So he ran and tried to put his head underneath like the sink. It didn't fit. So he had to use like a wet towel. And apparently this is so he kind of always had a fear of storms. But this fourth strike, he started to say like, something is trying to kill me. Like he started to out loud vocalize it. Like I believe he felt it. But this was the one that really, really externalized his fears.
0: Something was also trying to keep him there, though, because even though something was trying to kill him, like the fact that his car that third time stopped before going off of a cliff, like there's there's something else, too.
1: Yeah, but he would like kind of moving forward in his life. If there was a storm, he would and he was in his car, he would pull off the road and lie down in the front of his seat, like avoiding the windows, lying down as close to the ground, like where the rubber tires were as possible until the storm passed. He also felt like he would attract lightning, even if he stood in a crowd of people. And so he carried a can of water with him in case his hair was set fire again.
0: I have chills over my whole body. Can you imagine? I know. Having to think about these things. That just surviving a regular day just feels so hard. I know.
1: And I don't know when this happened exactly because it didn't say the date, but there was a time where Roy and his wife were outside hanging clothes on like the clothing line and a storm came. And so they were about to like go inside and all of a sudden, and they're side by side, keep in mind. All of a sudden Roy's wife is struck by lightning. And so... With Roy here saying, like, he was afraid that in crowds he would attract lightning. It, it it My question is, like, was the lightning strike at this occurrence, was it meant for Roy? But because they were so close to each other, it hit his wife. Well, and then the guilt of being like, I can never be close to anyone that I love because then I I risk them dying or being struck by lightning. So then the fifth time... On August 7th of 1973, he was out on patrol in the park when he saw a storm cloud forming. So he starts driving away because he's very scared. And then he thinks he's like in the clear and he decides to get out of his truck. Literally like moments after he gets out of the car, he is struck by lightning. It (sighs) went down his left arm and left leg and knocked off his shoe. It then crossed over to his right leg just below the knee and still conscious. He's like crawling on the ground and he goes under his truck and poured the can of water on his head that he carried.
0: I feel like this man was someone so incredibly important. I feel like he was some sort of reincarnated god, alien. Yeah, like Greek god. Yeah. And someone was so mad that he... What if there was like a big war somewhere in a place that we don't understand? I'm thinking like Avenger style. I'm thinking of like Zeus. Yeah, but I mean, Thor. Avengers and Zeus, basically. Basically, that's what I was thinking of. Like, what if there was something and he went to planet Earth to hide in... And live a regular human life. But part of it was like, he wouldn't ever remember it because as the default of human beings, we don't get to remember almost anything. And it's like this big struggle our whole lives to try to like awaken that part of our mind. And so he had no idea. And then something, someone found him and they were
1: trying to win their battle. Yeah. I don't know. Because after this, after he survived this encounter, he told countless people. He was like, I saw the cloud chasing me. He was like, he was driving in the car and he saw the storm cloud and he, it was one storm cloud. And he was like, I felt like it was following me. It found me. And then when he got out of the car thinking he was in the clear, he saw the lightning bolt and he actually saw the one that hit him. Like usually like if you're, you get struck, like you probably don't see it. He sees this bolt coming down and moving through the sky down towards the ground, and he sees it move towards him. It doesn't make
0: sense. I'm now lightning expert by any means, but it doesn't make any sense from what I've been told about the behavior of lightning and how to survive it. It seems like he is almost never, with the exception of him maybe being in that tower, he's never the tallest thing. He's never away from other structures and groupings of trees and rubber and, and buildings. It's not like he's standing in the middle of a field with one giant tree next to him being like, I have no idea where I got hit. Sometimes there's things that aren't lucky, like holding the metal tool in the
1: field. But other times it doesn't make any sense. No. And then the next one, I think this is six it was on June 5th, 1976. Again, he saw a cloud that felt like he, it was chasing him. He tried to run away and was struck again. His, he was struck, he had injury to his ankle and his hair also caught fire again. Then on June 25th, like at this point now it's happening every year, but on June 25th, 1977, Sullivan was struck while fishing in a freshwater pool This one, that's a little bit more, you know, he's out in the open. The lightning hit the top of his head, set his hair on fire, traveled down and burnt his chest and stomach. Even so, I can't
0: imagine it was storming. It seems like this was probably a rogue freak lightning bolt. Because if he was that traumatized by all the previous experiences, why would he ever be fishing in the middle of a... Pond during a storm. He
1: probably wasn't. It was probably a right random, spontaneous coming for Roy Sullivan storm. And as if this is not already like what the heck? He's struck by lightning. Lightning's following him. This last encounter, he's struck by lightning. He his hair's on fire. He somehow puts it out. Maybe his can of water, or he's by the lake and he turns to go to his car, and a bear approaches him. A bear. Hey, bear. Hey, bear. And apparently the bear, like, tried to steal his fish and his, like, <laughs> he said, he, he said, like, I mean, I don't know specifically if he said all of this or if, like, there's, you know, conjecture since then, but there was a comment. It was like, despite his hair being on fire, he chose to, like, fight off the bear with a stick. This feels like if you told your seven-year-old to
0: come up with a bedtime story. <laughs> This is what they'd tell. Someone gets struck by lightning, they're fishing, their hair catches on fire, and then a bear comes and steals their fish. This is not real. This does not feel like it could ever happen to someone.
1: And yet it seemed to happen every year to this man. Yeah. But so that day he sur- survived a lightning strike and a bear attack.
0: Oh my God.
1: Poor man. Roy? Poor Roy Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah. And really sadly Roy did die by suicide on September 28, 1983. He was 71 years old. So, lightning did not take his life at the end of it. But he very much believed something was coming after him. Again, I am curious if there was other if there were other things he experienced. I mean, it's hard mm-hmm. because he was struck by lightning at such a young age that perhaps like he always experienced the paranormal and he didn't really like account, the, credit the two of them. I don't know. Maybe he never experienced the paranormal. I just, there's part of me that really believes if you're struck with that much electricity, there's got to be some connection to a part of the world that we don't have access to.
0: I, I'm glad you read the statistic about how many people actually survive a lightning attack because just hearing... How many times he was struck? I was like, "How could anyone ever survive that? How could anyone ever survive being struck by lightning?" It seemed so rare. So it is a little bit more comforting to know that if you are struck, the chances of you actually being killed are less. But still, I mean, I what is the stat of how like being able to survive getting struck? What seven times, eight times, technically?
1: Yeah, I feel like your your statistics go down. <laughs> with that yeah
0: especially as you get older too like the fact that he didn't have a heart attack or something like that when these things were occurring
1: he might have we don't we don't know yeah true but okay now i'm going to read one very short story that is somewhat paranormal and then i'm going to read a little bit of a longer story from a user on reddit that is haunting Okay. So this short story is from someone who, similar to the first story that I read about someone who had experienced lightning strikes, but they were at home asleep during a storm when all of a sudden they felt like a hand grab their head and like yanked them really hard as if like, like a get out of bed, like a terrifying, like, oh my gosh, like, rude awakening. And they woke up and were so confused because no one's in the room with them. They're completely alone. And they start to panic because they're like, oh my gosh, someone was in my room. All of a sudden they realize that like other people in the house are awake and everyone's kind of like in a weird panic and all of the electricity had just like zapped out. Apparently the house got struck by lightning, but in the moment that it got struck, multiple people in the house, like felt someone touch them.
0: I just got chills all down my back hearing that. That is really freaky.
1: Mm -hmm. Which makes me think that kind of like how people say on Halloween, like the veil is thinner, but what if with this electric current, there's like a brief second that all the paranormal, all of the spirits can just real quick make a, a pop in for a second.
0: Or it's almost like, what if all of the dimensions that are layered on top of each other just kind of get almost, I'm picturing it almost like an earthquake. Like we all get rattled (laughs) together for a brief moment. So in other worlds, there are these like cyclops creatures being like, whoa, did you feel that chill? And it's us accidentally kind of bumping into them. Oh,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We're all just in this giant mosh pit (laughs) from the lightning strike. Have you ever been in a mosh pit? Because that's terrifying. Not to the extent that I think some people mosh, but yeah, I have. And it's, I would never, ever do it again in my entire life. Never. And And you get pushed and you're completely out of control. You're smushed. You're Oh, it's absolutely awful. You're riding the wave. You're falling down. Sometimes you're like, your feet aren't even touching the ground too. You're just riding up. And and, it's impossible to get out of. And then people will start pushing each other. It's so scary. So
1: scary. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Yes. I don't know. maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I'm ex- yes, This is the story that started this whole episode. Set it on. Okay. Set me on my course. It is called, After I was Struck by Lightning, I Started Seeing Things That Shouldn't Exist. Okay. And it is by a user, Adomansius. I think that's how you say it. They wrote that the last thing that they remembered was getting a glass of water from the kitchen. There was a mild storm coming through the area and they had been sitting in their chair reading a book when they got thirsty and so they went to go fill up their glass when all of a sudden their body was like pulled up and flew across the kitchen. What? They were struck by lightning. The lightning caused that reaction.
0: I didn't really realize that if you were inside, you'd still have that reaction. I always pictured it as like if you're in a field and you get struck, it will blow you back. But if you're in your house... I thought you had some sort of protection and it was just like a current coming up into you that affected you. I didn't realize you could literally be thrown still. That it's that violent in the protection of your own home.
1: Apparently. The user said that he lived in an old house devoid of PVC piping. So the best guess the doctors had was that the lightning struck somewhere near or directly on top of the house and the electrical energy transferred to the metal piping which connected to the tap where he was filling up water. And unassumingly at that exact moment, he must have been pouring the water, which is like just even the timing of that. I know.
0: Well, that's why they say don't
1: take showers
0: during thunderstorms. Right, right.
1: But that's like you're choosing to like be in the shower for a long period of time, whereas like he... Just for one second, touch the tap, you know? Right. Yeah. Even when you're filling up your water, like you're not... A split second. It's not even a full second that lightning strikes. Yeah. Yeah. He spent a week at the hospital each day. they He had to be reminded of what had happened because his memory had gone. He remembered his name, the date, and the name of the president and everything, but the actual event, just like gone. They did an EKG on him every day to check on his heart and he had no signs of arrhythmia or any abnormalities. By the end of the week, he was feeling like himself again. He had his memories were better, he could remember what had happened without it slipping his mind. His heart and organs were doing fine and the burns were healing pretty well. The doctors were like, "We're we're thinking we can let you go, just so you know like side effects you might feel depressed and anxious in the upcoming weeks and if things get worse, let us know and they scheduled a follow up. So he drives home or is driven home and as he gets home he sees his neighbor Ginny burst out from the front door and she like runs over to him because apparently Ginny had called the ambulance and called 911 after it happened. She must have seen through the windows or something. She saw and was the one who basically helped save his life and so they greet each other and she just like embraces him in the tightest hug and for a while didn't say anything. And then kind of, you know, he writes that there was a little bit of like an intimate moment because like, she was just so relieved that he was okay. I think they had been neighbors for their whole lives and they'd kind of occasionally chat, but there was no, nothing more than that. But she was just like, so glad to see he was okay. And I think like, you know, if you call the, if you see something happen, even if you don't know the person, like there's this part of you that's like, oh my gosh, what happened to them so for her to have this relief to see this man that she saw like in a near-death place be alive she was just so glad and she basically at that time says i'm the one who called 9-1-1 she was like i tried to call the hospital to try to see how you were doing but they wouldn't tell me anything because i'm not family and this is the first time he realizes that she called and he's like oh my gosh thank you so much if it wasn't for you i would probably be dead And so there's like in this post, there's like a little bit of dialogue anyway. So they start chatting and becoming a little bit more friendly. She's asking a lot of questions about the experience. And so he starts to talk to her about it. Then they like, you know, he's like, am I interested in this girl? Like, should I ask her for coffee? He doesn't at this point. But as she turns around to go walk back to the house, this is like day one back from the hospital, like still being greeted in the driveway. She turns to go back to her house and he has this like weird moment where he sees something almost like her shadow, but like part of her body. Like he, he, so she turns and he sees this like Shadowy aspect of her right behind her.
0: So not not her aura, but something else, just part of her just kind of trailing behind her.
1: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So then this man starts talking about how, like, you know, he's getting back into his routine, like things are pretty monotonous and he's feeling depressed and anxious and whatnot. He's still like keeping in touch, kind of with Ginny, but he he's having a hard time. And he starts to like Want to spend more time with Jenny, and like he has this like, well, maybe if I have someone in my life, like I'll feel better. And he is attracted to Jenny. She saved his life, so I think he has a little bit of like some type of like connection to her now. Yeah, there's a love story thread throughout this. There is a beautiful love story. So then one night he is doing he's grocery shopping and he notices something really really weird. He said there was a middle aged like larger man pushing a grocery cart past him and his body kind of like pressed up against him without like his knowledge. And so he kind of like is annoyed. And so he like gives like a side eye. And as the older man turns around the aisle, he sees the physical body turn, but then he sees this like shadow. It's like the exact same shape as the man. I would almost say it's like the shadow or the soul of the person lingers.
0: It's interesting that he's seeing them kind of as like this shadow, because I associate it as this like kind of darkness creeping there, or if someone's aura was darker, or they have no aura, I feel like so many people who see auras say that that's like a sign of illness or imminent death. And so it's creepy that he's seeing kind of that our souls might not always be exactly within us while we're we're awake, that part of us might be kind of trailing
1: behind a little bit. Well, I feel that all the time. I mean, I I have Sometimes I tend to disassociate a little bit and I very, and it's almost like astral traveling a little bit. Like I feel like my body is just sitting there, but my, my mind and my soul are not inside of me.
0: Yeah. I guess I've had that a few times. I guess I've had that a few times. I thought it was like maladaptive daydreaming or something like that, where you're just kind of so detached from your body. I feel like I was, I wasn't watching my body, but I felt like I was like, I couldn't see myself from behind, but I felt like I was where I'm just like, I can't believe I'm sitting there and doing this. And these people
1: are talking to me. And well, I wonder if someone who has the ability, like, like this guy does, if they looked at you in that moment, would they see your soul outside of you? And, and for him, perhaps like he just sees it as the dark shadow. So Hmm. anyway, so this man turns around the aisle and he sees the man like depart, But he sees the shadow like linger for a couple of seconds. And so he's like kind of confused. He's like, is the light lagging? Did I just have a weird like, is my brain reacting strangely because of my accident? He's like, I don't know. So neurological conditions are a pretty large side effect after lightning strikes. So he's just like, yeah, that's probably what's happening. Um, My brain is short circuiting a little bit. Makes sense. But then he starts seeing this a lot. And he would see basically like as he was walking, he would see... People walking and their shadows would simply stop following them and almost kind of like interact with him. What? Before like jetting back to the body. So, ooh, that's freaky. I know. So he's like, this is really weird. I feel unsettled. My checkup is in two weeks. Like, it's soon enough. I'll just wait. He was having some eyesight problems, but otherwise, like he was doing pretty fine. And so he was just like, this is probably just going to go away. Like over time, I'm still healing. And he would really try not to look at the shadows, just hoping that like, if he ignored it, it would go away. Then he bumps into Ginny again, and this time he decides to ask her for coffee and they went and got coffee and, you know, start having like flirty conversations and getting to know each other better. And... They learn more about one another and their family. They talk about their next date. Like They are hitting it off. Clearly, both had been the last week, however long between when he got home and not, they both had been thinking about each other.
0: I'm sure they were before, too. It's always like, oh, the cute neighbor, and you just don't really have as many run-ins as you hoped, and there was never an opportunity. But then something like this happens. And also, I will say, there are psychological studies that have been done that show the, the attractiveness level that you view someone after a near-death experience is higher. So if you were struck by lightning, Sabrina, and then someone walked up to you two minutes later, you would think that that person is hot as hell compared to how you might view them before. 10 minutes before you got struck by lightning. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Yeah. So maybe there was just something with the like excitement and terror of this happening. And suddenly sparks were flying. You know what I'm saying? Sparks (laughs) were
1: flying. So this is where the story takes a darker turn. So he walks Ginny to her car and they say goodnight. They say goodbye. They, you know, give each other a hug. Goodbye. They don't have their first kiss because it's, you know, first date. But as she gets in her car and starts to drive off, he notices something really weird. So she gets in her car and he, she starts to drive. But as he looks, he notices that her shadow didn't get in the car with her. Instead, her shadow was standing in the middle of the parking lot. Oh, no. He could see the figure and how it had like the same hair, the flowy, like, like just it looked exactly like her. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, stop, no, like go away. And he's like trying to ignore it, trying to ignore it. But then it felt like he was like, it felt like the shadow was looking at me. And so he tries to ignore it. He gets in his car and moments later, he hears a loud crash and wait, sorry. No. And moments later, he hears a loud crash.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh no, this is, I was hoping this wasn't going to be it.
1: <laughs> yeah. He gets out of the car and sees right outside of the parking lot A truck had T-boned a car as it had pulled out. The truck had been speeding. The car that was hit was Ginny's car. He ran towards the car, hoping to help Ginny. And as he got closer, he realized there was nothing he could do. Ginny's car was completely totaled and unfortunately had died upon impact. So
0: perhaps the distance someone's shadowy soul is away from their body, the closer they are. To death. And that's what he was able to see.
1: I think so. But then this gets worse. What a horrible gift. I know. And also just like so tragic. And, you know, he finally got to go on a date with this woman. And yeah. Yeah. So he, of course, is riddled with guilt. He's like, I should have gone. I shouldn't have gone to coffee. We should have stayed longer Then the accident would have happened. All of these things. And ultimately... He'd never be able to go to coffee with her again. He'd never get a hug from her again. Five days after her death, he got a call from Ginny's dad and they kind of spoke a little bit and because, you know, he had been there for Ginny's death, they, he had some questions and wanted to have some comforting um, closure with the death of his daughter. And there was a service and a funeral for Ginny and Ginny's dad had everyone over at the house So he goes in and he greets Jenny's dad. His name is Mr. Murphy. I think Fred, Fred Murphy. And he's like, everything seems normal. And then he is walking around the house and he's on the second floor and he sees a small light emanating from behind a half-closed door. So he walks to the room and opens the room and sees like the bedside lamp is on. So he just like... (laughs) Stumbles in there and he finds a book facing down on the bed. And he's like, oh, what's that? I don't even know. Maybe he's being a little bit of a looky-loo. The cover of the book is like completely black. There's nothing written on it. He's just like, that's strange. So he starts to move towards the bed. An
0: untitled book. A journal? Maybe.
1: But then he starts to move towards the bed. But as he's moving towards the bed, he starts to feel something is off and he realizes there's a shadow emerging from near the light near the bed. Oh my god. It was first a thin line, but then it slowly started to grow and it twisted and unfolded and took a familiar shape. It was the shadow that he had seen, Ginny's shadow. Is it her ghost? He was so confused and kind of like terrified. And then it felt like something had like stabbed him in the back of the neck, which could have just been shock or, you know, the feeling of like chills up your spine terror. But then he heard a voice inside his head that said, we know you can see us as you have noticed us. We have noticed you. He is terrified at this moment and asks what, who are you? What are you talking about? Why, how are you inside my head? And this voice responds, we are carries the eaters of death we feast on blood and pray for destruction and he still sees the shadow and it looks like Ginny. so he's like is this, like or is this Ginny? is Ginny with you and the voice says no she is in a different place we feasted upon her corpse we thank you for your contribution excellent timing without you she would have continued in the world of the living for much longer what the fuck he's like so pissed. I mean, think about it. He's already dealing with so much guilt and he's so heartbroken. He's like, I didn't kill Jenny. And the voice says, no, but you did make it possible. And we thank you again. On account of your help, we offer you this advice. If you have seen us and we have seen you other things that lurk beneath that hold the same power, which is not advice. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, Moros, death incarnate. And slowly, this like, poof, the shadow just disappears, leaving that, those ominous, dark, lingering words in his mind, and... Have you seen the new Puss in Boots movie? You could have said any movie in the world, but you just said Puss in Boots related to the story? Yeah. How and why? Because
0: that's the whole premise. It's death is coming for Puss in Boots. He's on his ninth... Life? Life. And... The thing that like death, which appears as this wolf, the way that the wolf talks is kind of reminding me of this. He kind of sounds like death from Puss in Boots.
1: (laughs) Interesting, yeah. So I have not seen that movie, (laughs) 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 but thank you for for uh, momentarily giving us some relief.
0: In my mind, it's not because I'm like Puss in Boots was so scary, and so is the
1: story. (laughs) This story is yes. So basically, the shadow disappears, leaving that ominous like if you can see us, you can see things that are darker and like death incarnate is what you can see and experience. The shadow disappears. This man is absolutely like he is dealing with his own trauma. He's dealing with like tragedy. He's dealing with paranormal, like death. I don't know. And guilt, all these things. Yeah. The guilt. They just
0: told him that death doesn't just come to you as death, that him meeting this woman and having this relationship is the cause of her death. She would not have died had they not started to spend time together. It's like he altered her timeline by him getting struck by lightning, which is yeah ridiculous. that His survival and her interfering to make sure that he survives triggered some sort of event where now she has to die.
1: Yeah. Yes. So he immediately goes to the doctor because he's just like something is wrong with me and it's you know probably easier to to believe that the or I would much rather believe that there is something wrong with my brain after the lightning strike. Oh yeah. My chemical imbalance. Let's yes. Give me find something to pump me with. Yes. The doctors are like everything looks fine. Your brain is like reacting normally, but like It will probably go away. And so he waits and he's like, he calls his boss. He asks for more time off. And unfortunately, like the symptoms just don't get better. Jenny's dad like starts to move all of Jenny's stuff out of the house. And then he starts to have like this calling to Jenny's house. It started to call to him, like demanding his gaze, like a lighthouse in the distance. The idea of going inside of his, of the house, like sneaking in, breaking in was starting to infect his brain. And it was all he could think about. He could only think about Ginny and Ginny's house. He decided to go into the house. Like basically, he he couldn't fight it anymore. So he snuck in in the middle of the night, and he felt something there. Like he felt energy was different. There was something there. He walked down the hallway into the living room. So he goes into the house, and he sees this door that he had not previously seen. And he was like, that's weird. Where does that go? Because keep in mind, like Jenny's dad had moved everything out. So like it does look very different, but he's like, I would have, I would have known there was a door somewhere. So he was like, okay, well maybe like she put a bookcase in front of it, or maybe there was something in front of it. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe this is something paranormal. A door to the
0: underworld to meet the beings that are now aware that he can see them. Anyway,
1: he decides to open it. And when he does, he sees something that he says couldn't possibly exist. Before him laid a staircase tunnel that burrowed into the earth on a gentle slope. Its width and height must have both been closer to 200 yards. From the ceiling hung defiantly large, rusted oil lamps connected by chains as thick as limbs. It gave the tunnel enough light to reveal itself in full. The stairs were gigantic, unevenly laid, wide, and nearly 10 yards in length. Basically, like, he would have to jump, like, to get down and up them. What, in the core line is this? This is so creepy. He said the tunnel seemed endless. He felt like it was calling to him. What do you think he should do? Turn around. Run away. What do you think he did do? He kept
0: going. He went down (laughs) that
1: tunnel. He followed the voice. He climbed down, and it felt like he was in purgatory, forever looping downwards, never to find an end. The air felt thick, and light seemed to travel shorter distances in the corridor, the fires above illuminating it weakly. Then he started to make out sounds coming from further down in the tunnel, like groans and hisses and disembodied roars. The sounds amplified as he approached closer, which Ha, huh, duh. Don't <laughs> turn around. Good Lord. And then he saw the ba- the bottom of the stairs. When he reached it, he saw that the tunnel's mouth widened and opened into an enormous dome-like room. In front of him, he saw the thing that made residence in this, what he called, tomb. From its body wafted a foul, hot stench that seemed to stick to his skin. It breathed in slow it exhaled large and violent gasps that moved its giant, bloated body in, in mesmerizing waves that shook the ground. The thing was approximate shape of slightly deflated basketball. Parts of its body continued in thick tentacles that evaporated into the darkness of the room. Its magnitude was insurmountable. The visible ball like torso of this was the size of a large office building. Underneath its skin were bioluminescent strands similar to the blood veins that pulsated in the deep blue glow. Black tar-like substance oozed across its uneven body with bumps and crevices and fleshy scars. He could hear its giant tentacles slither across walls and high above as they twisted their way across the black rock around the room. Thousands of yellowy-white like orbs appeared around the creature's body and almost like clumped together like a floret of a cauliflower, it said. He said it had a thousand eyes all staring directly at him and his legs were burning. Basically now, despite him wanting to turn and run, he had just climbed down all these stairs and now he was like glued to the spot. He could not move.
0: Ew. Also this whole time, there's just so many like small clusters of things. I can't remember the exact phobia, but people who are afraid of Clusters? Have the phobia, like fear of like, yeah, clusters and dots and stuff together. This seems like the worst freaking monster, satanic creature that could have ever existed for all those people. I mean, and for anyone. (laughs) Yeah, for anyone. If you saw
1: this, are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh my God. Did he think he was hallucinating? I mean, I don't even know what he's thinking at this point. I think he's just terrified and probably also so curious because this thing or these things have been haunting him since his, you know, being struck by a lightning that I'm sure that getting answers is kind of, I don't know, I would want answers a little bit. I'm also curious
0: if when he looked in the mirror, if he could see his own eating, the death eating creature
1: behind him. Yeah. So this thing basically starts to communicate with him and they, his biggest thing is like he, he could tell that this thing was speaking a different language, but somehow he could understand it. He basically said, "I am the bringer of death, but you know that. You felt that. You've been sure of that." So, he was like he was basically, like, "I'm eternal and I speak a language that only the eternal beings know." So he's like, "What? Like eternal like God?" And this thing like gets so excited that he used the word God that he's like hisses and it's like, "Yes." Ah! And gets like so like All the electricity in the air just like shifts and change. And this thing is like getting so excited saying that he's guiding the hand of destruction. I keep saying he, but it's an it at this point. This thing is guiding the hand of destruction, that he has moved battlefields and made wars with no end, slaughtered villages, taken men, women, and children, and has guided the minds of great scientists to construct bombs that can evaporate cities. Basically, like anything like disease, war, anything that we believe like has been inspired by man was actually guided and constructed by this. And it's making me think back to
0: Roy and how the lightning was so determined to strike him. And it makes me curious if something was trying to basically trigger some sort of awakening to control him and it just wasn't working. Yeah. Right. And that's why they kept trying to zap him and he was still just like seeing world the world as I normally do, just with a little more fear
1: of lightning. Yeah. So basically, this thing is saying that he's the architect of death. And it is curious because it's like, it almost feels like, yeah, like you're saying, he it tried to kill him, but because he didn't die, it needed to take something else, which unfortunately ended up being Ginny. And then this thing is like, would it bring you great pleasure to be reunited with Ginny? And then he goes... Death says it would give me great pleasure to see you die. I will. I'm sure it would. That's your whole shtick, right? That's unsurprising. And then he's like, "I'm so confused. What are you talking about? Like, if you're the bringer of death, you know, like you can kill me. Why are you like playing with me? What's this game?" And this entity basically sa- says, "Because I could not kill you, you are not mortal. Like you're, I don't have the control of your death anymore." Hmm.
0: Interesting. This is reminding me even more of Puss and Boots.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> now I need to watch this movie. <laughs> uh. So anyway, this is this is from Reddit. So it's very possible this story was made up. It does end a little bit cliffhangery, apparently. This entity said, I will give you safe passage to Ginny, which is basically like, hey, choose to die right now. Or go back up those stairs, continue living your life and let like life take you on its journey and decide for you what happens. But like basically saying like, I will continue to lurk here and be creepy and ominous. And if you don't take my deal now, like I'm going to make your life living hell. And um I don't think he took the deal because he wrote the story. So yeah, he crawled right back up those stairs, oh, yeah. logged on to his dial up. It's like <laughs> and type this in.
0: I Ask like that. Jeeves, where do
1: I write my ghost story? I like that you say dial up as if this like is not a recent story. It's from like the <laughs> I know. early didn't even exist back then. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, Sims so, 1 <laughs> install. When I read this, I was like, it might because... It might not be true. It might be a written story and that's fine because even if it is fake, it's terrifying, it's haunting and it very much makes me believe, regardless of it's truth or not, that if you are struck by lightning, your chances of being connected to the other side increase. I mean, I think
0: absolutely because getting struck by lightning is basically a near-death experience and so many people with near-death experiences come back, differently, you know, whether they're seeing something or they just have this innate knowledge or peace with life. And I guess, unfortunately for the people struck by lightning, it doesn't seem like there is much peace. It seems like for these examples, it's just been a ton of fear. Yeah.
1: And I do think, I mean, there's countless stories of people who have survived it and like, yes, they experienced side effects. Because you're struck by 300 million volts of electricity, um, but that do continue on and live a regular normal life. But I don't, I don't recommend it. I don't think I'd like to be struck by lightning. Definitely don't try to get struck by lightning. That's for sure. Again, reminder: we are not recommending it. Yeah, don't stand out in the middle of the field.
0: Uh, actually, should we read some tips on surviving lightning? That's a good idea. Let's, yeah, let's not scare everyone and, and leave them there. Let's, uh, let's, uh, <laughs> let's give some, okay, the CDC, here we go. Immediately get off elevated areas such as hills, mountain ridges, or peaks. Never lie flat on the ground. Crouch down in a ball-like position with your head tucked and hands over your ears so that you are down low with minimal contact with the ground. Never shelter under an isolated tree. If you are in the forest, shelter near lower trees. Never use a cliff or rocky overhang for shelter. Immediately get out or away from ponds, lakes, and other bodies of water. Stay away from objects that conduct electricity, such as barbed wire fences, power lines, or windmills. Separate from others. If you're in a group, separate from each other. It reduces reduces the numbers of injuries. So that's curious because... Roy was next to his wife and that whole thing happened. Don't stay in open vehicles. Avoid any open vehicles, so golf carts, motorcycles, convertibles. Don't stay in open structures like a gazebo, a baseball dugout, sports arena. So mostly don't be outside. Don't be outside. Roll up your windows if you're in a car. And also, if you start to notice that your hair is getting staticky around you, you better run, bitch, (laughs) because it is common. Don't just go, wow, and take a Snapchat and send it to your friends. You need to run because that means the electricity is getting really intense right there. And you're about to
1: get struck by lightning. Yeah. So stay inside. Don't run your water. Don't shower. Kind of hunker down Mm -hmm. until the storm passes. Um, Yeah. But the chances of being struck are one in a million. So... That's, I mean, it's not high, it's not low, it's not high. It is lower than it is higher. So I I think we'll, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Well, I have something that,
0: (laughs) I don't know how uplifting it is, but (laughs) but this person, I went in this sort of, I survived. Oh, okay. Theme. That's good. This is called Grandma Saves the Day. Hey, ghouls, Corinne and Sabrina and creatures, shout out to Leia. Oh, she's sleeping. This story is one that I've heard retold over the years by my parents since I was a baby when it happened. But recently, my dad recounted the story in response to a story worth prompt, which prompted me to finally write in. It was the fall of 1991. I was four months old. My parents were getting me ready to go to the grocery store for a sweet treat, and since babies that young require so many things, it was quite a process. Just as they finally gathered all the diapers, extra clothes, etc., I, the baby, started throwing a fit. According to my mom, the way that I was crying and carrying on was unusual, but within the few moments of starting, I suddenly became calm. Off to the grocery store. Those fudge strip cookies won't eat themselves. As our car made its way to the store, there was a big car accident, which just happened only four blocks from our apartment. In in a time of little to no cell phones, the emergency vehicles hadn't arrived yet. And unfortunately, the driver of one of those vehicles did not survive after being hit by a truck that ran a red light at 60 miles per hour. My parents realized that we could have been in that accident, Had there not been a sudden baby tantrum, my mom is convinced that it was her mom who passed 13 years prior to me being born, somehow making me fussy to keep us from being at that intersection at the wrong time. I am now the age that my grandma was when she passed, which is a little weird to think about. I agree that she must have been there with us that night. Love you all. Love the podcast. Stay spooky. Caitlin.
1: It makes me so sad, right? Because it's like, I'm so glad that Caitlin and her family are okay. But then it's like, because they didn't let leave at that time, someone else got in that accident. And it's like, I wish that like all accidents could have been avoided, you know?
0: Right. Well, it's hard because it's like, you never know. Like maybe, maybe it was a two car accident, but it would have been a three or a four. Totally. It's just, it's just sad to think, that some people didn't get the opportunity to miss the accident.
1: Right. Or that like, that, yeah, it just how, like, what is fate? I think that that's the question that, yeah, like, do we have any control or say in what happens in our life? Or is it all already predetermined and destined? And sure, maybe there are little moments that you can escape something or something can change, but grand scheme of it all, like we don't have any control. I am curious to what... Her
0: grandma did to make her really fussy. Cause I'm almost picturing the panic of her grandma in spirit form trying to intervene once she realizes what could happen. And then just leaning over her grandchild, Caitlin, who she loves so much. And it's just like, Aah! like <laughs> trying to scare her to save them. And then it is weird too. It's, I don't really understand because it's Caitlin went from being so incredibly fussy to just like a split second, totally fine. So it's almost like there was nothing in front of her prompting her. It was just something basically possessing her and then immediately like giving her back her own consciousness. Because even if something was scaring her as a baby, there's normally a come down period, right? Like she's not just going to all of a sudden, all the tears are sucked back in and she's totally fine. And let's go to the grocery store.
1: I don't know. How old was she? Four months old. Okay. So there's no way to know. Fresh baby. Yeah. Damn. I wonder if she was like looking somewhere specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I wish like, see, this is the thing. It's like, I wish that there was like a camera or like some video footage set up. Cause like, what if you could go back and replay it and find out what, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I know. And beyond camera, just like a thermal heat camera too, to see if there are any like cold spots or hot spots. Like how many more people were in that car? You and I
1: are paranormal investigators right now. We're just like, how do we, how do we always look for ghosts? (laughs) Well, we started our journey at the Conjuring house. So uh,
0: come see us live. please. Yes.
1: And if you have any video footage of ghosts caught on camera, or if you've been struck by lightning and now can see ghosts, or if you know anyone who survived being struck by lightning, um, share your stories, share your paranormal stories, your cryptid stories, share everything with us and um, email it to us at twogirlsmyghostpodcast at gmail.com
0: uh rate and review us on itunes tell everybody about us join the pyramid scheme get lost in the triangle follow us on social medias come on the tour with us come on the tour snag some merch yeah there's gonna be a merch table at all of the venues but there's a few other colors available online that won't be at all of the venues if you want to shop ahead of time for our tour merch. And also shout out to Christina who does all of our editing. Thank you, Christina. Especially thank you when we're going to be on tour and you're going to be helping everything continue to move smoothly Mm -hmm. for everyone else who's regularly listening every week. Yes. We love you all.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. And if we don't see you at our live shows, we will see you on the other other side. Very